Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus was changed with Ethan Page on the Innocence once lost can never be regained. Darkness once gazed upon can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash up. Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independence team, and that's to fly. Try to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro Latelpa and Ashley Richardson. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Whole Indie Show here on the SNS Radio Network. As ever, I am actually guiding you through all that you probably need to know this week. And probably stuff that we don't know about yet, because it will just randomly come out of our gobs in the next few hours or whatever. And uh, as ever, joining me is Sandro and... Yeah, we've just realized next week is a problem. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize it until you brought it to my attention. So, yeah, recording is going to be different for next week, but it's going to be a slow week regardless. But uh, a lot of stuff had occurred this past week, and we just got a uh, somewhat a bit of a breaking news of sorts Uh-oh. regarding a... Go ahead, Zebra, you lead off. This week. Okay, so we just got news, and this relates to Ring of Honor. And apparently they're having some financial issue issues with uh, the company. This is from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And it is reporting that uh, Ring of Honor is currently dealing with a lot of financial issues that basically come from Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, COO Joe Koff met with uh, head officials of Sinclair back in December to try and get them to expand the budgets for this year and 2016. Pushing the idea that Ring of Honor could be the number two wrestling promotion in the company, Koff brought in Adam Cole and the Briscoes to the meeting uh, for them to do pro wrestling style promos on how TNA was losing steam moving to Destination America, and Ring of Honor could be number two in the U.S. The pitch reportedly failed. Uh, Ring of Honor's uh, final battle pay-per-view did about 8,000 buys, and apparently that didn't help either. The the buy rate number is said to be under the company's uh, projections, uh, but not by a large number. Sinclair officials told Koff to be more disciplined with spending this year. 
There's a feeling that Sinclair wants Ring of Honor for consistent programming on their network, but are not interested in investing a lot or taking chances to build them. Uh, these financial issues are the reasons why talent like Roderick Strong, Maria Canellis, and Mike Bennett aren't on the contract. As, noticed, as noted before, TNA, Lucha Underground, and New Japan have all have interest in signing both Maria and Mike Bennett. There you go, Internet. <laughs> the Internet who hates him. Everybody wants him. D- deal with it. <laughs> and uh, we'll go into the results a bit later, but uh, obviously the attendance for those shows from last week went a bit up, obviously because of the appearance of uh, Alberto El Patron. But there is a good chance he won't be around past April. Probably because he's busy with every other show that's going on. Yeah. And uh, there were some rumblings because of the financial issues with the upcoming May show with the possible New Japan show. There's not going to be that much talent. There was that rumbling that they might only bring maybe one or two people from New Japan, which would be a bit of a letdown. And with this news coming out, that seems like that's a, unfortunately, good possibility that could happen. Doesn't sound good, but, uh, I mean, let's hope something changes. But at the same time, I'm not really surprised because even though we said this before that St. Clair, for some reason, doesn't want to spend on Ring of Honor to make them look better. So I don't know what they're expecting. They've got a perfect opportunity to really consolidate their place now as the number two in America. And apparently they don't want to take it. They're probably more interested in Shark Week or something. This sounds... This is so deja vu because there's pretty much a very same situation happened with ECW when they were on TNN. This is pretty much the exact same situation. Where the television provider doesn't want to spend the money on the product. And that's not good. Yeah. Really, it really sucks for, you know, some of the guys that are just really getting their chance on there and starting to make a name for themselves. You know, just, it's just annoying. I don't approve of it. (laughs) Well, let's uh, move on to somewhat a bit of, uh, I guess, positive news. Uh, last week, uh, well, actually, the news came out last week that there was a recent tryout with oh, WWE, yes. and there were a couple of well, there were only two names that were mentioned that were part of said tryout, and those people were Biff Busick and Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I said this before. I would be very disappointed if at some point Tessa doesn't get signed by the end of this year. 
I can't really see WWE passing, you know, just not giving an opportunity to Tessa because she has the potential to make it. Biff, that's very interesting. Um, well, we'll see what happens with Biff. I, if he does, imagine the tag team that Biff and Cesaro could have. That's, that would be a tag team. That would be interesting. <clears throat> would be interesting, but well, let's hope. Let's hope. In a couple of weeks, we hear something about this. Uh, according to re- the reports, uh, other. 19 men and 19 women were also a part of this big tryout. And it notes that uh, two of the other people a part of the tryout were from Lance Storm School. So, well, we'll, we'll wait and hear what happens in the upcoming possibly months if there's any update on this. But uh, good to hear that uh, Biff and Tessa took the opportunity to see if WWE is interested in them. Definitely. Now, next, uh, a, a final update, I guess, regarding the Nigel McGuinness Kickstarter and the LA fights. Um, and Nigel McGuinness has put a, uh, a full-on statement out regarding it because... As he admits, basically, in the statement, 370000 was an incredibly lofty goal, which was magnified by, uh, quote, my inability to provide a sizzle or pilot proof of concept for people to truly grasp and get excited about the final product. Hence, why it only reached 76163 <clears throat> But the fact, that is the fact is sorry that uh for the money i'm 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 pretty pleased to see it do that well considering as he said the fact that there was not a whole lot of stuff that he could prove because he was obviously wasn't able to do a pilot without paying people so uh, as he says it was constructed as a series and that even just taking the 70,000 to do two episodes wouldn't fully uh, credit all the work that's gone into it. So he's basically said that in the interim, LA fights will be removed and the project will be rebudgeted with an eye toward discussions with private investors and agencies. And while it will probably take longer for the project to come to fruition, uh, Nigel says, quote, it's imperative that the product un- is undertaken properly and with the total commitment of all concerned parties. You have my assurance that the LA fights you see will reflect the product I've envisioned. And that result unquestionably outweighs a slight delay. Moreover, to the extent I'm reasonably able, I will keep all current backers updated as to the status of the project as their support makes this project their project now too. There's a sense of vulnerability that a company's having a dream, busting your ass and putting it out for the world to see. But when people support and believe in you, it's tough to do anything else. I've put too much work into the LA fights with too much faith and too much support to step away now. Sometimes our dreams choose us. So I think it's 
<clears throat> I don't want to say back to the drawing board, but in essence, that's what it is, really. They're trying to rework it out and probably pitch it again. Whether they'll pitch it again on Kickstarter somewhere down the line, when there's a bit more proof of concept and all that done, I don't know, but uh, I'm pleased to see the the money that it was pledged, even though they obviously never got the uh, the money. The fact that 441 people were willing to give 76,000, I'd say, is pretty impressive. Well, uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit surprised when a lot of people donated more. Um, I think the goal that he was asking for was probably a bit much. So, I had a feeling that they were going to make the goal. I didn't even think they'd make it halfway through, but they kind of almost made it through. But uh, we'll see what happens if this thing uh, gets picked up by private investors. And, you know, hopefully nothing but the best for Nigel and his project. If Sinclair Broadcast Group is listening to this show... You don't want you put your money in Ring of Honor. I think Nigel's got a plan for you. No, they'll probably do the same. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, bastards. <laughs> now, uh, I guess the big news of this week is that the network is free for the month of February. No, I don't mean WWE. I mean New Japan. Yep, in a genius publicity stunt, New Japan World have made the month of February free for all new subscribers. I wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> and, you know, joking aside, uh, it's not a bad offer to take up because we've got a couple of big shows coming up. Uh, over the next seven days or so, haven't we, Sandra? I think we've got one which we'll be talking about this week, and the only other show that's happening next week <laughs> in the entire world, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I will say, pretty smart move for New Japan World pulling this off. And uh, I guess some people were confused about how they. I can get this free month. Uh, basically, go to the main page. On the side, on the middle section of the page, there's a a small little uh, image that says "Press for Trial." You click that, and it should lead you to the sign-up page and fill out all the information. Of course, get it all there mm-hmm. now. A positive bit of news from Ring of Honor. And you see, you know, when we talked about that story a few minutes ago, Sandro, the whole thing I'd say mainly was they were saying how Final Battle underperformed. If we're honest, Sandro, the main reason Final Battle underperformed is because it wasn't as strong a card Hmm. than the, the first show that they had. No, it wasn't. Until um, 
the next show. So the 13th anniversary show is coming up. It's in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yes, it is. And trying to think, is it Briscoe versus Bennett for the belt? I think. No, no, no. That just happened. Okay. Do we know? I'm trying to remember. It's a a four-way match. Jay against Elgin, Ciampa, and Hanson. Right. Yeah, I remember that now from the uh, the spoilers from weeks ago. So, yeah, that, that already looks on paper a strong match. Uh, the Bucks taking on Red Dragon, which is going to be bloody awesome. And then just added this week, for the first time ever, ACH takes on AJ Styles. Holy shit. <coughs> Get hype, everybody. Woo! See, if, if the figures go up dramatically on this one, there's going to be some stuff going down. I'm trying to think. That, is, that isn't the same week as... I'm trying to work out if that's the same week as Fastlane. It isn't, is it? No, it's in March. Okay, yeah. It's, the, it's a few weeks after. It's because previously, I'm sorry. It's because I'm I'm used to the anniversary show being on in February. Yeah, they just moved it up. Previously has been. Yeah, it's in early March. They decided to move it uh, this year. That this is definitely a dream match. That uh, I guess you would probably expect it in PWG, but uh, to have this match occurring on national television and on pay-per-view nonetheless this should be a really great match some also some good news this time from AIW uh, and this is regarding the the guy that you love or hate and that is Grado uh he was supposed to be getting... Oh, what did they call it back in September? Grado Does America. Yeah, it was a three-night spectacular. Which had to be called off because of the whole um, British boot camp stuff. Well, I guess uh, Grado has finally choo-choo-choosed. That doesn't make sense. It's not grammatically correct. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is Grado is going to be part of the I Choo Choo Choose You show from uh, the new venue uh, next weekend. Mm -hmm. No, not next weekend. No, no, yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks time. (laughs) Speaking, speaking of Grado, not only is he doing AIW that weekend, but also he's going up north in Canada. He is doing two shows that weekend. Uh, he's doing a show for Superkick. And he's also going to be making his debut for Alpha One. For the Watch the Throne 3. And this match uh, should be laughs galore because Grado is going to be taking on Supercop Dick. Justice. 
I wonder if a certain Officer Cabana may be giving some uh, advice to one of the two men. <laughs> now, jumping a bit back to AIW in particular, uh, they just announced uh, the annual JT Lightning Invitational Tournament 2015 taking place on Friday, May 22nd, and Saturday, May 23rd. Of course, the annual tradition. Now, there's also good news and bad news regarding that weekend. The bad news is the annual fan fest that takes place on the Saturday will not be taking place. Oh, no. However... Oh, twist. Something else is taking its place. During the afternoon on Saturday, May 23rd at 3 p.m., Girls Night Out 15 will take place. <coughs> it's not dead. It's not dead, damn it. Yes, this, this is going to be a doubleheader. Girls Night Out 15 in the afternoon, and of course, night two of J-Lit will occur in that evening. Uh, very happy to hear that uh, GNO is not dead. Uh, looking forward to seeing who will be a part of those, uh, that taping in particular, but uh, very happy that the concept will continue. Now... Uh, I guess this should be my last bit of news. And this involves WWN. Oh, wrestling. Oh, yes. Now, this past weekend, uh, the, one of the biggest news that came out, Gabe Sapolsky announced that Austin Aries will be making his return to WWN during WrestleMania weekend. Not only will he return, but he will be teaming up with his former uh, friend and uh, rival, Roderick Strong, to reform Generation Next. Wow, that's 10 years in the making. Yes, it is. And uh, <clears throat> they also announced a couple of matches occurring for WrestleMania weekend, which, mm -hmm. what a concept, announcing matches weeks in advance. Ugh. Finally doing something right. <laughs> Uh, uh -huh. So, here are the few matches announced for WrestleMania weekend. On March 26th for Evolve, who knows what number, because we don't know they're having shows in this month, but I probably doubt it. Evolve to be confirmed. <laughs> On the 26th, uh, in a non-title match, the Evolve champion Drew Galloway will be taking on PJ Black, a.k.a. Justin Gabriel. Then the following night, on March 27th, which is also an Evolve show. Evolve to be determined. <laughs> PJ Black will be taken on Ricochet. <clears throat> and the following night, on the 28th, which is, which is entitled WWN Super Show. Super, super, super show. Generation Next of Austin Aries and Roderick Strong will be taking on Ricochet and Uha Nation. Which will probably, wanna, probably be one of Uha's last appearances. 
That's a, on the WWM brand. It's a very good possibility. It's a very good possibility. Uh, also confirmed for that weekend, uh, Chris Hero, uh, the premier athlete brand of Caleb Conley, SoCal Val. Uh, fortunately, Anthony Nice will not be a part of the festivities that weekend. So in his place will be Brian Cage. And also a part of that weekend are A.R. Fox, Timothy Thatcher, Tommy N. from WXW, and more to be announced. I'm guessing because Nice is unavailable, that probably means he's doing the... Um... Oh. Well, I don't know what's he doing that weekend, but he's not going to be in, uh, in Cali, so... Oh, okay, he's not even going to be on other shows. Not that I know of. Right. Um, I also heard that uh, since uh, Strickland was being uh, uh, represented by Swan, the last set of shows, uh, Chris Hero has decided to endorse Tommy N uh, for that weekend. Nice. So, uh, not bad. Uh, a couple of matches announced for WrestleMania weekend from WWN. So it should be very in- interesting to see what occurs that weekend. Speaking of an- um, announced matches, uh, a video came up today regarding Shine 25. And the two big matches of the show uh, now confirmed. Legendary will be defending their belts against the Kimber Bombs once again. However, this time... The titles can change hands on the DQ finish. So will we see new champions or will we just see the same old, same old? (laughs) The (laughs) so-so. And then uh, Mia Yim defends her Shine World title against Eva Lise and Nevaeh in a triple threat match. That's Lucha Underground versus CZW versus WWE. Place your bets now. <laughs> uh, who is uh, who is WWE? Me, him. <clears throat> oh, because of her brief appearance. Okay. Her and Blue Pants making multiple showings. <clears throat> more Blue Pants, but... and certainly one of the videos you check out this week along with your usual Shikara podcast a go-go and event center and all that Alpha One released the match that they had as part of the hashtag raw alternative show now for free and that is the match between Josh Alexander and Ricochet for Ricochet's open the Freedom Gate title that he had at the time. Which, it must be said, was a pretty good match, so you're getting it for free. This time properly, because obviously the alternative is gone, so get up there, get watching it, support Alpha One. Now, uh, results... So we'll start off with New Japan. There's actually a couple of results that I want to bring up, Sandro, before we get to 
um, the one which I probably wanted to cover in full, which was the Currican Hall show. So I think it's they've had three consecutive they had three consecutive nights this weekend. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of shows. Uh, a couple of things to note on the 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 first and the third ones are part of that. So on the Saturday, at the show in Saitama, uh, Alex Shelley got a victory over Jay White with the Automatic Midnight. Key thing to note about that and why I bring it up is that's Jay White's debut as a young lion. Apparently he was originally supposed to face... Uh, another young lion in show Tanaka, but I guess uh, Tanaka was unavailable ever, so Alex Shelley stepped in. Also, I think on that card, Bobby Fish got snowed in, so Kylo Riley wrestled uh, solo against, I think it uh, was it, t- I don't think it was Tenzan, was it? It was somebody that was supposed to be part of a tag team, I think. <clears throat> Can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, and with the Monday show, uh, show number three, in the main event in Nagata, we had a five-on-five match as the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, Katsuyori Chibata, Raisuke Taguchi, and Captain New Japan were victorious over uh, the Bullet Club of Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, Yajiro, Kenny Omega... And Cody Hall. So yeah, Cody has made his official debut in New Japan by taking the high fly flow for the lo- for the loss. I think he has did the same for the show which happened. I think Wednesday. I think he took the loss after the Bomiye from Nakamura, or whatever it was. The Hall was pinned. But it looks like the uh, the young lions are getting their work uh, in now, uh, Sandra. Yeah, and as always, they always take the pinfall. So that's not really a surprise that uh, Cody Hall got pinned. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, obviously, he's still not wearing the Bullet Club colors. Of course, he's still wearing his uh, his dad's old gear. Uh, say hello. Um, <laughs> so the Sunday show at Currican Hall uh, doesn't look to be too bad a show. And from what I've heard, people that did catch it when they saw it uh, were impressed. Uh, we had Shotanako and Yohei Kamatsu losing to uh, Red Dragon after O'Reilly hit Chasing the Dragon on Kamatsu. Uh, the team of Hiroshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Tiger Mask 4 beat Manabu Nakanishi, Captain New Japan, Mascara Dorada, and Jay White, with Tenzan hitting the TTD on White. Uh, Ryosuke Taguchi, Kushida, and Alex Shelley beat Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, with Kushida hitting the I-94 on uh, Nick Jackson. Toriyano and Katsuyu Sakuraba beat Tetsuya Naito and Tomaki Homma after Yano hit a schoolboy on uh, Homma. Amazingly for a Yano match, that match lasted nine minutes. That's a rare thing, people. 
It's it's especially rare because it nearly went the same length as the match with Okada. Um, in that one, uh, Bad Luck Fale and Tamatonga beat Okada and Gado with Fale hitting Okada with the Bad Luck Fall. Yuji Nagata and Togi Mikabe beat Shinsuke Nakamura and Tomohiro Ishii with Nagata hitting the backdrop hold on Nakamura. And then the main event saw Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto and Katsuyori Chibata beat Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows and Yujiro after Tanahashi hit high five flow on uh, Yujiro Takahashi. So Ahashi beat Ahashi, I guess. <clears throat> Isn't that... Ha- Hang on, I'm getting confused with that Hashi a dog's tail. Sorry. Going on complete tangent there. So, uh, next we come to the Ring of Honor shows. Now, from what I can tell, like 80% of these two shows... Oh, sorry. Got a nasty cough. (laughs) Ring of Honor's... Most of the show was basically, from what I can tell, just for live events. Because Kevin Kelly did sort of an update thing, didn't he, Sandra? Yeah, he gave his uh, recap on both shows. So, for this... uh, the pre-show for the first show, which was uh, Dearborn, Michigan, saw Cheeseburger beat Stokely Hathaway with the palm strike and a roll-up. Then your opening match was for the world title. <clears throat> I don't know why, but it just was. And uh, Jay Briscoe beat Michael Bennett to retain. At one point, Matt Taven did get involved, and Matt had to make the save. And Jay implored Nigel McGuinness to make another match to end the kingdom. Or to write them out, because we've talked about that earlier. Uh, the Warbeard, yeah, that apparently is what he's being called now. Uh, Hansen beat BJ Whitmore with a lariat. Tommaso Ciampa beat Tyson Dux with a rolling lariat. <clears throat> and then, what I'd say was a big surprise... To Darius Thomas's retirement match. Do we know uh, why this has come up, Sandor? Uh, from what I've heard, apparently he's gonna stop doing professional wrestling and he's gonna move forward uh, to have a career in mixed martial arts. Oh, he's gonna be taking on CM Punk now. That that would not be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know if they're in the same weight, but you know, apparently he wants to uh, have interest in MMA, and uh, you know, best of luck to him. And uh, unsurprisingly, he went out the right way in his retirement match, losing as Jimmy Jacobs beat him after two sliced bread pin attempts, one end time, and then finally a top rope sliced bread to win. Jacobs wouldn't shake uh, Tadarius's hand, but he did say thank you afterwards. Which is a nice little touch. No doubt there were hugs and everything backstage. <laughs> uh, hashtag reborn Matt Seidel beat Matt Taven with a shooting star press. 
Adam Cole did try to interfere late on, but failed and walked off during the pinfall. The romantic touch beat Drew Onyx via a leapfrog leg drop. Uh, An unbreakable Michael Elgin beat Mark Briscoe with a J-Driller. Elgin then tried to assault Mark post-match. Jay came out, Elgin brawled, but attacked Jay with the belt from behind. Chomper and Hanson then joined the brawl. Jay then got split, apparently very bad. And each challenger took a turn posing with the belt as they left. Now, these final two matches are being taped for TV, so these probably are spoilers, so just worth mentioning. Uh, for the first time ever, uh, Alberto allowed Patron beat ACH with a cross-arm breaker submission. Basically, apparently what happened here was Alberto was getting his knees up on an ACH 450 and then transitioned straight into an armbar. That's just awesome. And Jay Lethal beat Roderick Strong with a lethal injection to retain the world TV title. Apparently, BJ Whitmer interfered about halfway through, getting the belt thrown out. Strong then challenged Lethal, and the match went, resumed on. And then afterwards, El Patron confronted Lethal and closed the show, saying that Ring of Honor is wrestling. Uh, they announced as well that they will be returning to Dearborn on September the 11th. And then the Dayton, Ohio show from this past Saturday. Uh, the pre-show saw Danny Adams and Paco Gonzalez beat Brandon Espinosa and Kirk Stallion, who are from Elgin's training camp. Uh, Will Ferreira beat the Romantic Touch. Unbreakable out Michael Elgin beat uh, Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson with an Elgin bomb. Still want to see that match. <clears throat> Tommaso Ciampa versus Michael Bennett was thrown out after the Kingdom tried to get involved. Hanson then came out with it to a tag team match and saw Tamam and Ciampa and Hanson beat the Kingdom after Hanson hit a top rope moonsault on Taven. House of Truth had interrupted an in ring interview apparently between Kevin Kelly and a fan. I don't know. Uh, Jay Lethal and Jay Diesel then beat Cheeseburger and Samson Walker after Jay Diesel hit Cheeseburger with a jackhammer. Uh, apparently, Cheeseburger is part of a uh, Ask Me Anything thing on Reddit this Sunday. Sorry, this Friday. I... Hang on, trying to think of my date. Is it Friday? Yeah, because this is the 6th. Yeah. So, uh, if you can't join it live, because it's probably already happened by now, check out the archive and see if Cheeseburger drops anybody in it. <laughs> I doubt it, but if he did, it would be brilliantly awkward. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs and BJ Whitmer, the aero form of Lewis Linden and Flip Kendrick, uh, for the fir- in another first-time match, El Patron beat Roderick Strong, the cross arm breaker for decade then attacked strong after the match but Alberta made the save and strong and Alberta shook hands afterwards and then the Briscoes beat ACH and Matt Seidel after Jay hit ACH with a J driller and then afterwards Moose beat the crap out of everybody apart from ACH and actually backed down from him 
Does that make any sense, Sandra? No, it doesn't. No. And again, it's moose, so is it supposed to make sense? <laughs> Who knows? And then finally, beyond wrestling's hit-and-run show, uh, started off with a pilot taping rematch as Dave Cole beat Davey Vega with a top-rope Tiger driver. Then uh, the, quote, other fucking tag team match. <laughs> as uh, the Gentleman's Club, I, I called it right, of Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy with the Swamp Monster, beat Team Creator Pro of John Silver and Ryan Rush Galeone after Taylor hit Silver with an awful waffle. Absolute savage Jimmy Preston then came out, managed to convince uh, Galeone to join him and leave behind John Silver because he's a joke to professional wrestling. Storyline, me thinks, this is going to be some sort of feud coming up. Uh, Anthony Stone beat M-Dog 20 Matt Cross in the Battle of the Beards with a top-rope meteora. Matt Tremont beat Ricky Shane Page via a superplex from the top of on two chairs set in the seating position. Uh, RSP was then attacked by the Crusade for Change after the bell. David Vega tried to make the save but was attacked as well. That doesn't really... I don't <clears throat> fully make sense of that, but I guess Crusade will explain their actions, no doubt, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, for the first time ever, the Hoods beat the Hooligans after Chris Pyro hit Mason Cutter with a swanton from the top after Mason Cutter hit Davy Cash with a German suplex. Shenron managed to beat Fire Ant with a second rope 630. Uh, AR Fox, who Shenron was originally supposed to face until Fox got injured from the Trevor Lee stuff that we talked about last week. Uh, attacked Shenron after the match and allowed his valet to hit Shenron with a Canadian destroyer. Fox then unmasked Shenron and left with the mask and the belt. Boo that man, I guess. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey beat Silver Ant with a shooting star double knee press to Ant's back. Then Team Pazuzu Attack Mike Bailey, but Team Quebec made the save. Uh, which led into the next match, but uh, Team Pazuzu was successful. After uh, EYFBO managed to hit Bucks Belmar with a powerbomb neckbreaker combo. As Pinky Sanchez hit a double stomp from the top. And Yaka finished them off with a splash from the top rope as well. In the uh, stipulation match, Kimberly managed to beat David Starr with a cross arm breaker, considering the alligator clutch was barred. So basically, Kimberly used another submission instead. Uh, afterwards, uh, David Starr and Kimberly hugged. And then David Starr kicked her in the head. JT Dunn and David then got into it uh, before Chris Hero had to separate them. And Chris Hero laid Star out with a roaring elbow. And then the main event saw Biff Busick and Drew Gulak beat Chris Hero and JT Dunn when Biff caught uh, Chris Hero in a rear naked choke and made him tap 
what Gulak had done in an ankle lock. Uh, after this, Busek and Gulak challenged Team Tremendous the next show, which apparently will be on March the 1st, so in about three or four weeks. And that'll be in fake music as ever. And it will also see the return of diehard Eddie Edwards. Mm-hmm. Probably means it ain't going to be on the DVD, kids. Well, you never know. It could be on the other raw footage, uh, like the TFT weekend. But speaking of the raw footage, I know it's already on. I think it just got released. Uh, I know they had, I think it was about 10 bucks for the pre order. I. I'm not sure if it's still available as of recording or as this is being released. So if you can get it while that special is still on, if not, you'll probably have to pay like maybe 15 bucks or so. But uh, I am interested in that show. So uh, hopefully I get a chance to watch it. Hopefully we sh- Hopefully you should. Ho- hopefully we will. You will. Somebody will. Everybody will. Everybody watch it, damn it. Pay your money. Right. So I think with that, we will take our first commercial break. And when we come back, it's time to say three little words, three little letters, sorry, that we haven't said in review terms for a fair few months. And that is PWG. And the untitled number two show will be coming up and reviewed right after this break. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing. So I fell for everything. You held me down, but I got up. Already brushing off the dust. You hear my voice. You hear that sound. Like thunder gonna shake the ground. You held me If you trained, say your prayers, and ate your vitamins, then you'll love the Hulkamania Chronicles. Sean Beckerman, host of Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, breaks down the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Each edition covers a different era in the history of the Hulkster as we relive our childhood hero. From the beginning of Hulkamania in the mid-80s and the birth of WrestleMania through the challenging times of the steroid trial all the way to his jump to WCW and the formation of Hollywood Hogan and the New World Order and then his return to the WWF leading in to the Hall of Fame. This edition covers it all. You can catch the Hulkamania Chronicles exclusively on Beyond the Bell here on the SNS Radio Network, brother.
Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the snsradionetwork.com main page, scroll down, there is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network. It's been a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com providing you with free podcasts since 2010. Are you a fan of the SNS Radio Network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore jjsexa1 these are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the sns radio network hey there listeners of the sns radio network my wife here now, as most of you listeners know, I happen to promote my own albums every now and again, and the latest one is now available. Yes, Dream Sphere. The musical journey that takes you through the realm of fantasy is now available at mindwipestudios.info. 14 tracks plus a couple of bonus tracks, all available for the neat little price of 10 bucks US. $10 US or A. So check it out today. It's got some great tracks, including Witchwood, Dream Sphere, Flights of Dragons, and many, many more. Dreamsphere available at mywifestudios.info.
Welcome back, everybody, to the whole indie show with Ashley and Sandro and PWG Untitled 2. It's been a while, because <clears throat> obviously this show was, what, mid-October, wasn't it, Sandro? Yeah, it was on October. So it's, this is three months, <laughs> this is three months coming, or something, I don't know. So we opened up this, and first thing to mention as well, actually, before we get to anything, this was give or take a two-hour show. And to me, this was a more entertaining two-hour show than the last two Evolves have been. Would you agree, Sandra? Uh, well, I, I, like I said last week, I enjoyed the the second Evolve show, but the first one, not not that much. But uh, I didn't have an issue with the how long the show went. I thought it was fine. And it wasn't like I wanted more. I thought, you know, this is fine. Sometimes I feel the shorter shows are better shows to actually introduce somebody that's not seen PWG before. So that's what I think really helps it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only had about seven matches here in total, which is is fine. It's not much of a, a problem. You know, if you had like 10 matches, that's way overdoing it. But keeping it simple. It's they fun. were probably making up for Bowler Night 3. And probably. What was it, 11 matches on that one, I think? Or 12? That was a crap load of matches. <laughs> load of matches. So uh, we opened up with... Big man fight number one. Yes. Biff Busick versus Tommaso Jumba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was a hard-hitting, fast-paced opener right here. You know, uh, some crazy spots. Biff. Biff was... One of the spots I certainly made a note of was uh, when Biff went for a suicida over the top ropes to the outside... And Tommaso just decided to throw a chair in his face. Oh, man. Legit, just throw it at him. Not, like, swing it, properly throw Yeah, he just fucking threw it right in his face. And, of course, you know, that was on the commentary. It wasn't Tommaso that did it. It was gravity. Because Tommaso wasn't holding the chair. It was gravity that was causing everything. And, yeah, it really turned... Very physical, certainly towards the second half of the match. And then the big spot, which gained worldwide press, uh, was when Ronda Rousey showed up and gave Biff Busick a chop. The best thing about this was, I think Excalibur had no clue who she was. (laughs) No, he he knew who she was. He knew. He didn't acknowledge it on commentary, though. Yeah, which I think was a bit odd. But then again, it's keeping a kayfabe. Probably wasn't. He, yeah, keeping a kayfabe, people. Um. Uh. Yeah, it seemed like she didn't know what to do because uh, somebody told her, like I don't know who it was because you couldn't see on camera, but uh, they told her like, you got to chop him. <laughs> um. I was kind of hoping she would chop him like as normal, but uh, she gave a bit of a weak chop, which is a bit disappointing to see. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess she was just laughing at the whole the whole situation that was going around around her. But uh, yeah, you know, it was fun. <laughs> um, 
but then like after that, Biff just completely just went ape shit on Champa. Yeah, the avalanche half and half. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then so awesome. nearly going for it again, but uh, Champa managed to reverse it into oh, wasn't it a suplex? Mm-hmm. And then the the ultimate finish with um, the top rope backbreaker. That was that was a damn fine opener. Yes, the super project champa off the, the top turnbuckle, which I I would have thought that will not be physically possible to pull off uh, because it is a dangerous move, especially from the top turnbuckle. Uh, he managed to hit it fine, and thank goodness, or else we would have a scary situation. Uh, the match itself was fine. I loved it. This was a a good mean guy match. Both guys just beating the crap out of each other throughout, from start to finish. Um, this is a great back and forth. I, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Next, uh, match number two, we had... Would it be offensive if I called this the... Uh... Ring of Honor showcase match, Sandro. No, that's fair. Because that's what it really felt like. It was Cedric Alexander taking on Bobby Fish. Uh, Excalibur going solo on this one, so I I guess the commentary team was missing. They couldn't get other people on commentary or something. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, the, the fact that it was very Ring of Honor in style... With the two, and there was no, there was no dramatic sort of Excalibur absolutely losing his shit moments, but there were some good spots from both of them, you know, playing along with the crowd sort of thing. Really, you know, doing some nice stuff, and Alexander getting the win with the uh, the Orange Crush Brackbreaker. It was uh, it was a good good match. Yeah, this was definitely the Ring of Honor showcase match, and there there was nothing wrong with it. I thought it was a it was a good match for what it was. Um, good to see that uh, the fans appreciated Bobby Fish, uh, despite the short time that he's in PWG. Um, I was a bit surprised that uh, Cedric got the win. I I actually would have preferred if uh, Bobby got in the win, but uh, I don't have an issue with Cedric winning the match at all. I know, so um, something happened. No, it was a follow match, but uh, this was a solid match between both guys. And um, yeah, as you mentioned before, uh, finish came when Cedric hit the uh, lumbar check for the win. You know, so far, two um, pretty good matches so far. So uh, then we come to. Uh, mean guy match number two. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yes, sir. Brian Cage versus, I'm surprised to say this, the debuting Uha Nation. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame that it's debuting, especially with the, uh, News that apparently, obviously, he's 
heading uh, Florida bound to uh, a certain uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley or whatever. Because the amount of stuff that he did in this is going to make people who've never seen him before want to see him more often, but not with sort of the the WWE handcuffs on, if you know what I mean, Sandra. Yeah. Because I honestly think Uha Nation might have stolen the show with his performance, as well as Cage's performance as well with this one. Yeah, the, again, this is another me guy match. This went all over the place. And what I mean by that is, you know, it was your typical, you know, me guy match, but also you add in a lot of uh, high flying, you know. Uha was flipping crazy, it, literally. A lot of flippy flop spots, which is great, especially for the size for Uha. 619 slash 818. Yes. Cage hit a uh, 619. Or whatever number you just said, whatever area called it from. Um, yeah, eight one eight Excalibur kept okay. saying. I think for copyright reasons. But, yeah, there was one moment where fucking Uha did like a, a front flip. He did like like two front flips at, at one spot. It was fucking amazing. He did a he did a he did a oh, he did a moonsault and then a standing front flip. I think. Yeah, that was the uh, Uha combination. The standing shooting star, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun match for what it was. Unfortunately, there was a, a bit of a scary moment. Uh, yeah. Cage keeps doing this. This is this is worrying that Cage keeps making some of these major botches, which seriously puts his health possibly in jeopardy. So... Brian Cage goes for a lion salt. Um, he doesn't get his balance together. So it looks like he's about to just land flat back first. But instead of just landing straight back, he goes for the execution. He goes for the backflip for the moonsault. And he lands head first. Yeah. Very... Close resemblance of the Hayabusa incident back in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Which was brought up on commentary. They didn't mention the Hayabusa incident. I think literally that was the term they used, or Hayabusa moment, I think. Yeah, because pretty much the same situation happened. Um, and of course, Uha made the smart cover in just like putting the hand over and getting the pin just to yeah. make sure that everything was okay. And uh, the fans were chanting, Are you okay? <clears throat> and uh, a couple of seconds later, uh, Cage um, continued with the match, uh, was was faced, of course, with the, the scary incident, but uh, continued the match as uh, normal, but. Uh, Kind of slowed down on Cage's part, you know, not to do anything more crazy. Mm-hmm. And of course, the fans chanted, "He's okay, he's okay," which was nice to hear from the receiver crowd. But uh, the match continued anyways, uh, despite Cage hurting himself. 
he managed to get the win after hitting a discus lariat on Uha after a ridiculous amount of kickouts from both guys. You know, Uha hit the, his Uha combination and uh, Cage still kicked out. Cage did a couple of power spots on Uha and, and he kicked out. You know, it was pretty insane. And there was one moment earlier in the match where Cage hit a deadlift suplex off the second rope, which I was just stunned to see. And he did it with ease. He didn't have trouble picking him up. He just did it with ease, which is just crazy to see. It was pretty... <clears throat> Some of the feats of strength that happened in that were pretty ridiculous, mm-hmm. I will say. But yeah, uh, Cage getting the win with the discus lariat. Uh, despite the botch, still a very good match, I'd say. And I was uh, noticing anytime they were on the on camera, I did see the the horse horsewomen's reaction to the match, and they were just stunned for what they saw. Yeah, some of the bits they did, their eyes did pop out, <clears throat> which is pretty ridiculous. So now we get to halfway through, and it's your tag title match. As the world's cutest tag team of Candice and Joey defend against Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gagana. So is it Fist? Is it Ronin? <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. Were they called Fist when they came in together back in PWG when they first debuted? No, they're... Well, they never really mentioned any of the previous tag names. So it kind of doesn't exist, but they didn't reference that they did team. They just never mentioned the name of the team. Yeah. But I just call them Fist. So. And once again, Excalibur was solo commentating on this one. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, I thought he was uh, commentating <clears throat> with uh, Rick Knox at one point in the early part. Was that during the first match only? Well, that was the matches that Rick Knox wasn't officiating. Oh, okay. For two that Rick Knox was, he couldn't really be... You know, he doesn't do a Chuck Taylor. He doesn't just randomly go to the table and starts commentating in the middle of the match. Sadly, that didn't happen in this one. Would have been awesome if it did. Now, obviously, it started with some... You know, general fun play between Chuck and Joey, and then um, Chuck and Candice. And then it turned into Candice and Gagana. Q and Almighty, this is awkward, Chan. Which is obviously. It, it's. I, I'm pleased to. I'm pleased to see that they actually acknowledge the whole. You know, they're in a relationship thing. If you judge Twitter, thing, rather than just sort of have the commentator go, I don't know why they're saying that. You know, it wasn't like um, what Carino would do. You know, when um, they they start swearing or whatever, and Carino and Ring of Honor would go, What are they saying? It wasn't that kind of stupidity. It was just letting it ride. 
Because no doubt there's been some crazy stupidity on PWG commentary in the past anyway. If you look back at some of the early stuff on their commentary things, wow. I think the best way is, I think it's still up. Is it CZWO Mania 2003 from Matthew of Botchamania fame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of those. I think that got put up. Yeah. That's the official one. <clears throat> Everything else technically doesn't exist. Because it's like outlaw or something. I don't know. But yeah, this was a great tag match and this is this is why tag matches in WWE are lacking something. You know, because obviously there's connection between the two, but also there's a whole chemistry between the four of them that works. And that's what you really need in a tag match to make it fully connect with the audience, I would say. Uh, you know, crazy spots are plenty. Partners hitting each other with moves. Uh, the finish coming with uh, Candice hitting a bull's plex and then into a reverse Rana on Chuck Taylor for the win. But, uh, yeah, it was a good match. Candice is still over like crazy. Understandably so, though. Uh, This was a fun tag team match. Uh, Pretty good back and forth between both teams. Uh, Obviously, the last time uh, Chuck was in the same ring with uh, Candice, he kind of refused to... uh, get involved with her in the ring because she's, you know, she's a girl. And of course the incident where he goes to the back, he comes back just as a woman. Um, well, this, this is, a, is serious. Yeah, this is serious. Uh, there was a one point where he didn't want to be in the ring again, but that changed later on. Um, like I said, fun match. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the first moment where, uh, Johnny was uh, in the ring with Candice. Of course, it was awkward, as uh, as the fans noted. But uh, both, you know, Johnny Candice continued the match as, you know, it was nothing different. They had met before in the past. So it was just business as usual. And that's what we got. You know, both teams went at it. Uh, fans, of course... They love Candace, of course, because she's the local girl and everybody knows her more. But uh, I thought the, the the ending sequence was just really interesting. So uh, Joey spears Gargano off the apron, so they're out. Uh, Candace hits the boss plex on Chucky e. T, and then she managed to hit the reverse runner to retain the belts. Solo victory, is that what you're going to say? Or... <clears throat> uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So I'm guessing this was the interval because the second half was the second half was the, I guess, quote uh, Chuck Taylor commentary section. Chuck was just on for the rest of the night. So uh, first up, Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Versus Trevor Lee, baby. Apparently. Uh, the thing I still find depressing about this 
is this is a 25-year-old guy taking on a 21-year-old guy. I'm so jealous of these young'uns. Because, <laughs> wow, they put on a great match. Yeah, they had good chemistry. They worked the crowd the right way. Or the wrong way. Because, you know, Adam Cole's the heel. You're not supposed to cheer the heel. But this is PWG and they like good wrestling. So, cheer that man as well. <laughs> There's some really... That that crazy Tope Suicida over the ring post from Trevor, which I'd say was rivaling Ricochet in terms of distance easily, wasn't it, Sandra? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then an inside cradle from out of nowhere. I'd probably use that Oh, wait, yeah, I probably used that from out of nowhere on purpose. Hmm. I almost wangled that in. And uh, Cole is devastated. No, he's lost embarrassingly, at least in singles competition, twice in two consecutive events, give or take. Because obviously he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. in the first round of Bowler. Uh, so yeah, uh, I really like this one. It was good to see. Obviously, Lee getting the win is great. Push, keeping that push going. And I'm trying to think: is could that have been the last time we saw Cole in singles competition? Um, in PWG. <clears throat> I think so, cause uh, the the next show, I think he was already injured, cause it, it was a uh, after, it was actually, cause final battle happened first, and then this show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sucks, but. Well, uh, your thoughts on the match, anyway, Sandra? This was a good match. Um, really good back and forth between both guys. Uh. Yeah, I think um, I think Trevor Lee hit like two backflip power slams, which was just great as always. Um, you know, Adam Cole being the guy that uh, you know one of the top guys in the promotion doesn't want this newcomer trying to steal the spotlight and get like a upset win over him. Uh, fortunately, that's what did occur, <laughs> and I thought the way the the match ended was actually smart. Now, usually I would kind of get a bit tired with like schoolboys or small package kind of wins. But the way that it ended in this match, I thought was good. So basically, Adam Cole was going for the Panama Sunrise, the jumping Canadian destroyer. So as he's about to hit the, the Panama Sunrise, Chairman Lee managed to hit a small package and he got the pretty good victory and Adam Cole is just in shock of what had just happened he just cannot believe that this young kid just beat Adam Cole um, one of the funniest things uh, I thought uh, was hilarious one point uh, Trevor Lee is on the 
on one end of the corner. Adam Cole is on the opposite side. So Adam Cole, I guess, is challenging, challenging his inner godfather <laughs> and decides to do his own version of the the whole train, which I guess he calls it the baby train. I think that's what he called it. The coal train. The coal train, yes. You know, he's charging up, going about to go for it, and then he's like, he's tired. He's like, oh, oh wait, wait, let, let me get my, let me get my breath here. Buffed out. Yeah. Oof. Excalibur saying, oh. The little, engine that, the little engine that couldn't. Excalibur said that, oh, he, he's blown up. Oh, he can't do it anymore. <laughs> Wait a couple of seconds later, then Adam Cole hits it anyways, and the fans go nuts. I thought that was just hilarious from what Adam did. But the match was fun. As it should have been. As it should have been, considering the two guys are really... I really want to know what happens with Cole next in terms of whatever he does. Hopefully he stays in the business. Hopefully somebody gives him an offer. Are you listening, Stanford? Are you listening? Probably not. Probably too busy watching something else. <laughs> Probably an XT. Or maybe Japan. I don't know. Yeah. It's in penultimate match. The Young Bucks taking on ACH and AR Fox. And man, this was a good tag team match. Again, because there's good chemistry between the four of them. Not just between the two teams, but actually between the two pairs that are put together. That's what makes the good tag team matches great matches. And the fact that it just kicked it kicked off immediately with Fox and ACH hitting super kicks in the Bucks' faces. The Bucks then, I think, growing to the outside and was it AR Fox with a springboard backflip? Oh, that started off the match? Yeah, the springboard yeah, like the- standard. Backflip. Yeah, the low main rain. A low main rain, that's it. Mm-hmm. That was just... And then obviously uh, a brief sighting of Stone Cold ACH for a bit. Uh, you know, some crazy moments galore. Uh, from both teams, really, it was just a good old fast-paced match, which considering the four guys... Fits them to a T. Uh, the finish at the end. You know, well, the false finishes, actually. Quite a lot of them would be... Uh, the Indy Taker. Them could have been the Meltzer driver, but never became it. Then the ACH and Fox had the audacity to try and go for more bang for your buck, apparently. It's a little bit crazy. But uh, eventually, after taking out ACH, uh, they managed to give a super kick-assisted package pole driver to AR Fox. And, uh, yeah, the Young Bucks get the victory. (laughs) 
just like the other matches, it's another fun match. You know, very fast-paced, very spotty. You know, a lot of flippy flops here and there, and uh, I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happening in the match. Uh, Fox, as always, and as, as Chuck Taylor mentioned on commentary, uh, has no care for his body as he does a lot of dangerous stuff. and Possibly sprained his wrist uh, halfway through the match, as uh, Taylor had noted. Um, so basically the finish came when the Bucks hit a super kick into a package power driver on AR Fox to get the win. And this match could have went either way. And everybody had a lot of fun in the match. The, the fans were going nuts over this. This match could have went either way. Yeah, it was a close run thing. Depending on how they wanted to work it, of course. Yeah. And finally, your main event of the evening for the PWG world title. Kyle O'Reilly defending against challenger Roderick Strong. Hashtag shitty ass boots. Or puss in boots or whatever. Clearly, they do not like the fashion attire of Mr. Roderick Strong. Can can you think why you sent her? <laughs> well, no, it's a it's a running joke, you know. Roddy's shitty little boots because his boots look small. Just a running joke, in because they're trainers, they're not boots. Well, whatever it is, it's a, it's a running gag. Throughout his uh, his wrestling career, regardless, it doesn't matter where he's been, he's always had the same boots. So that's uh, the joke in the locker room. So this one was your technical match, and obviously with a guy's experience as Roddy and a guy that seems to be in the zone as well as uh, O'Reilly is, this was a great technical match. You know, sub. There weren't too many submission moves put on at once during the match sort of thing. But certainly it was more of a mental as well as a physical sort of breakdown match. And I think they gave this one about 20, 25 minutes, didn't they, Sandra? Roughly? Yeah, give or take. It's about the longest match so far. So, uh, yeah, and it broke into the crowd quickly as well, and they uh, had a little bit of a brawl in there. And then, yeah, it was getting pretty stiff at points as well. Like, it was a good old Japanese match, but in the end, uh, I think it was the, wasn't it an Orange Crush Backbreaker that uh, Strong was doing, which then led straight into a triangle choke, I think. Yes. Which was a nice little reversal, little package there, and it happened quite a bit as well. Like even the Nigel 
McGuinness um, lariat from Kyle didn't happen the first time because instead he got a sick kick for it. It's a bit tough, but uh, yeah, the the finish came with the triangle choke, and this was mainly because uh, I think Roddy was trying to use chairs, but <clears throat> oh, that was it. The most blatantly bad ref bump. Like the referee was there for no apparent reason. In the corner. It wasn't like he was even talking to Roddy. He was just in the same vicinity. And the best bit of course is when the ref bump happened. Because it was just in boredom. The crowd cheered like crazy. Because <laughs> I think after what happened at Bowler. There is a new heel referee in PWG, and his name is Justin Borden. Yeah, fuck that guy. He deserved it. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. I still can't believe it. So, uh, he got taken out. Knox tried to come in and count a pinfall for Roddy, but I really managed to kick out. And then Roddy started bringing in chairs. He managed to uh, stop him. Uh, Knox did from bringing the chairs or using them. Which led to, I think that was the orange crush backbreaker, but Kyle reversed it straight into the, uh, the triangle choke, which led to the win. And then afterwards... He beat down on Kyle Ferver, gave a slap to the referee, then put a couple of chairs to uh, in a seat in position, put another chair over the top of it, folded over the top of the two chairs, and then put the belt on top of uh, that pile of chairs there. And then he was going to go after O'Reilly, but instead... Grabbed Rick Knox and gave him, I guess, the Orange Crush Belt Chairbreaker. And uh, Rick Knox isn't dead, but he might as well have been to close the show. How dare he do that to Rick Knox? (laughs) Yeah, boo that man. Boo that man, as everybody did. Um, match itself was solid. It was really good. Uh, early part of the match where they were brawling around, that was really interesting to see. Uh, you know, the match was uh, pretty solid overall. I thought the finish was really good. Uh, the way to get the submission win after Roddy attempted for the Orange Crush. Uh, good match. Very good match. Overall, um, I'd have to say this was an A to an A minus show. This was top column. Yeah, all seven were top caliber matches. Uh, match of the night. Ooh, it's a tough one. Um, just because of how it was his debut, I'd personally give it to Cage versus Uha, despite the botch and practically every other matches pretty strong but 
If I had to highlight some in particular, I'd say Cole versus Lee, uh, Busick and Champa, uh, and your main event in uh, O'Reilly and Strong. We've probably also mentioned, well, probably also mentioned to uh, Fox and ACH versus the Young Bucks. Uh, Gray-wise for me, I'll give it a solid A. Match of the night, it's really difficult because uh, I think the whole show was just really good overall. But uh, I, I had to give uh, mentions to the opening match, the Music and Champa match. That was really good. Tag match between the Bucks and the, well, I guess they're not long, no longer going under the name, the African-American Wolves, Air Fox and ACH. Uh, the tag title match was really good. The, the main event was really good as well. Uh, the Cole Trevor match was solid. Uh, the other mean guy match, uh, Cage and Uha was really good, despite the uh, the scary moment there. The overall, the, the whole show was just fun to watch. So yeah, that's that's PWG done. Um. I- have they? Ju- I think they've just released the last one on DVD, haven't they? Yeah, it came out a while ago. Um, we're not going to review that next week because I uh, don't have it at the moment. I'm just waiting for some, take care of some other bills, and hopefully, if I have enough, I will buy it. Yeah, I think next week. Well, we'll get to next week in a minute, but. Yeah, I think probably we might we might leave it till some point in March as well. Hopefully. Showcase some other stuff that's going on in February. That isn't Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's going to get a mention every week because it's it's a phenomenon or something. I don't know. So yeah, PWG's done uh, review wise for this week. So when we come back, uh, previews of this weekend stuff. So we've got some Japanese wrestling. We've got some Canadian wrestling. We've got some charity wrestling. And we've got an iPay-per-view, apparently. So it caters to everybody and everything. I think there's a couple of other shows as well. So all that and probably more. We'll probably remember something in the last minute the final part of this week's whole indie show.
every month on the SNS Radio Network. Check out the podcast that deals with conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unknown. Check out Unplugged CT with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and Bronxzilla. You have questions? We have answers. Keep an open mind because the truth is out there. The truth shall set you free. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Every pay-per-view Sunday, Sunday Night Showdown, your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage. everybody this is the Bronx father to tell you about the get in the zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS radio network with myself my co-host Anthony Farley and bringing you the TNA recap no god please no no L train we also cover Smackdown some news and you might even get moments like this Oh, my brother, testify! Wow. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Wow, that, that, was, that wasn't half bad. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> to quote, see, since I'm imitating, since I'm imitating Devon tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me I did not just... Hear that. It's one of those things to edit. (laughs) (laughs) To edit or not to edit? That is the question. (laughs) For the reaction, you cannot edit this one. Oh, shit. Anthony's dead. He's just done. Oh, we might as well just end the show right now. So... Check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime, snsgetinthezone at gmail.com, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Dunkin', you dig that?
and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. everybody to the final part of this week's whole indie show without singing uh with sandra and ashley so a little bit of news that has been emailed through to us uh from nate who normally provides us with uh, a list of stuff and everything that's going on uh but it's coming as we've recorded and i'm springing this on sandra just as a surprise uh they've announced the Details for WXW 16 Karat Gold 2015, which is coming up next month, March 6th through the 8th, and will be made available on demand on WXW's on demand section, which is at uh, ondemand.wxw-wrestling.com. So, uh, as ever, because it's 16 Karat Gold, it means we have 16 talents involved. And obviously it's your usual mix of German talent and not German talent. So, uh, in no particular order, because I don't know whether they're in groups or not. We have, for the three-day event, uh, the 16 are <clears throat> Chris Saban, Absolute Andy, Uha Nation, Marty Scroll, Axel the Axeman Tisha, Cedric Alexander, Sasa Keel, uh, Mr. Shea Samuels, Kim Ray, Timothy Thatcher, Daisuke Harada, Tommy End, Axel Dieter Jr., Andrew Everett, Zack Sabre Jr., and Ricochet. Hmm. 
interesting list. Very interesting. Zack Sabre Jr. apparently is doing wonders at the minute over in, uh, is it all Japan or Big Japan? No, it's a Noah. Was it? No, it's Noah. I knew I was keeping an eye on some of the matches that he was in on the uh, <clears throat> Pro Resu Spirit uh, Tumblr thing. And he's getting some big matches as well over there, which is great to see. Considering, again, he's such a young boy, literally. Uh, Candice and Joey are also set to be part of a special attraction match during the week as well. And there'll also be an Ambition Six show, which is the shoot-style wrestling tournament, previously won by names as big as, well, Sasaki or Zack Sabre Jr., Rico Bushido Axel, the Axeman Tisha, and some bloke called Daniel Bryan. What happened to him? I did saw some <clears throat> GIFs on last year's show. Not the 60 carry, but like that shoot show, whatever that is. Oh, the Ambition one, yeah. Yeah, they... So when they say it's shoot, it's literally shoot fighting. They beat the fuck out of each other. <clears throat> Iron Sheik will be proud. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we'll stick with, I guess, the international feel in terms of... Uh, the previews for this week's as we start with something which is really confusing because it's pretty much over. T- oh, it's practically next week for us, but for you, it's sort of midweek out there. So, yeah the 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 day that everybody is going to be sleeping in the afternoon hopefully <clears throat> will be Wednesday because obviously in the evening you've got that thing called NXT which I don't know what the fancy name is it for at this time you know technically I guess Steen Wolf <laughs> no it's uh, Takeover Rival okay Again, I don't know. (laughs) But not 24 hours before that, but just under. uh, New Japan will be having their new beginning in Osaka show at the Body Maker Coliseum. Uh, It will be on iPay-Per-View through New Japan World. As previously mentioned, if you sign up this month, you get uh, New Japan World for free via the sign-up links. Admittedly, it will be on at 3 a.m. Eastern, but obviously if you do sign up to the network, that will be archived up so you can catch it in your own time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so on the card for this one, we have Shotanaka versus Yohei Kamatsu, uh, Satoshi Kojima, Tiger Mask, and Mascara Dorada, taking on Jay White, Captain New Japan, and Manabu Nakanishi. In a special tag match, it will be Hiroshi Tenzan and Jushin Thunder Liger taking on Rob Conway and Chase Owens. Which, you know what that means. <clears throat> My man! Bruce! Bruce Favre! He's going to be there. Yes. 
styling and profiling in those crazy suits. Yeah, isn't he? Uh, doesn't he like follow you on Twitter? I don't know. I follow him. <laughs> I think he doesn't follow me. If he's listening, go on, do it, man. Yeah, I think I saw it. It's like a check mark saying that he follows you. I have to. I have to verify that. <laughs> not not by a tick, but just to see if he is. Um, uh, also, we've got Kotorobushi versus Tomoaki Homma. Mm. Uh, a triple threat freeway for the IWGP Junior Tag Belts as Red Dragon defend against the Time Splitters and the Young Bucks. That still is awesome to me every time I hear that. My word. Uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Belt will also be on the line. As uh, Kenny Omega defends against former champ Bryosuke Taguchi. Mm. In six-man tag action, uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, Kazuchika Okada, and Toro Yano take on the Bullet Club of Yujiro, Tamatonga, and Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, they're still uh, building up that feud between Okada <laughs> and Fale. I, I think on the, I think it was on the Kurgan show. Uh, Okada got uh, his win back over Folly. So there's still a bit of that feud, and obviously, you know, the road to redemption for Okada at some point. Yeah, I have checked. Bruce is following me. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's made my year so far. Admittedly, it's only about a month in, but that's, that's, that's what matters. <clears throat> Uh, also in six-man tag action, Yuji Nagata, Togi Makabe, and Tetsuya Naito will take on the chaos team of Yoshihashi, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Tomohiro Ishii. And the final two title matches, uh, the Mayu tag team of Hiroki Goto and Katsuyori Chibata uh, defend the belts against the former champs of the Bullet Club of uh, Anderson and Gallows. And for the IWGP heavyweight title itself, Tanahashi defends against AJ Styles. Now, what do you think? Do we think uh, we're going to get a new champion? Or do you think uh, Tanahashi retains? My problem here is Tanahashi's won the last two times they face each other, hasn't he? I know <clears throat> they met at the G1. G1 fight. Yes, and then they face each other again. I think before Wrestle Kingdom at some point. I yeah, because oh, yeah, Tana yeah, yeah, because yeah, he uh, yeah he took the belt from him. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> um, I don't know. It's really uh, tough to to predict. But it should be very interesting. And I know there was a moment um, during one of the recent shows. Uh, of course, you know, after the show takes place, uh, the media takes mm-hmm. place and everything. And uh, they asked him about the Styles Clash. And uh, he had said that uh, I do it better than AJ. I know that was one of the statements he made. So I don't know. I, I It's really tough to predict who could win this. But I know it should be another great match. All I want is Bruce Farp to just invade it, you know, just run in and completely call the match off. Because it's Bruce Farp, damn it. 
Uh, right. Sorry. I'll, I'll get over that eventually. That he's following me on Twitter. Uh, next up this weekend, uh, Smash Wrestling have got their battle lines drawn this Saturday in Mississauga, Ontario at the Canland Sportsplex on 3360 Wolfdale Road. Doors opening at 6 or bell time 7. Uh, on the docket for this one, uh, we're going to have a triple threat with Cherry Bomb, Courtney Rush, and Vanessa Craven. Alex Vega taking on Scotty O'Shea. Uh, another three-way as Pepper Parks faces Action, Action Abe Jackson, and Brent Banks. Uh, the Super Smash Brothers will be taking on Checkmate. Josh Alexander faces gr- the, I guess, not great because he isn't in TNA, in inverted commas, Sonada. And uh, Tyson Dukes versus Drew Gulak. Mm-hmm. Next, um, On Point Wrestling. We'll have their second year anniversary show entitled Unstable Environments uh, in Williamstown, New Jersey at the OTW Arena in Monroe Business Center on 1041 Glassboro Road. Uh, doors open at 7.30 with a bell time of 8. Adult tickets are $20 and kids under 12 get in for $10. Uh, Advertised matches on here. We have uh, the notorious Drew Blood taking on the firm Xavier Cross. Former best friends taking each other on there. Uh, the heavy hitters of Low Life Louis Ramos and Steve Monster Mac versus Smooth Aggression of Onslaught and Rob Prefontaine. In the No Remorse rematch. The Bad Apple Mac Macintosh takes on Granakuma. For the first time, it will be Latin Dragon taking on Kai Katana. In another grudge match, we have the bad boy Joey Janela taking on Chainsaw Joe Gacy. Uh, in a Boxes and Pits of Brutality Death match, Kyle the Beast will face Bulldozer Matramont. And then the main event. The finals to crown the very first on-point wrestling heavyweight champion of the world as Oz Tyler of the firm takes on Sam the Machine Shields. So history will be made there. History will be in the books. Uh, Also on Saturday, uh, Dreamwave Wrestling will be having their season premiere. That's legit what it's called. Uh, Booker T will apparently be there. Chucky Ducky and Quack Quacks may be involved. Uh, the show will be taking place at the Knights of Columbus Hall in La Sol, Illinois. On 209 Gooding Street with a bell time of 7pm. So on the docket for this one, uh, we have the two number one uh, contender tag team tournament matches. As the Beck family face Helter Skelter, introduce and destroy, take on zero gravity. Then, 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 then. we have Tommaso Champa versus Moose. 
I'm leaving that silence there for a reason. Yeah, nobody knows why that match is happening. <laughs> uh, Mike Hartenbauer will face GW Beck. Angelus Lane takes on Leah Von Dutch. Supercop Dick Justice will be making his debut for Dreamwave. Marche Roquette will be taking on Roderick Strong. In a fans bring the weapons match, it'll be Christian Rose versus Brew Baker. The ongoing feud. It will never end. Uh, a four-way scramble for the alternative title. We'll see Eric Cannon defend against Trevor Lee, Shenron, and Chris Castro. And the Dreamwave Championship sees Matt the Money Cage defend the belt against the man who's challenging him, uh, Araya Davari. So not too bad there either. So yeah, we've got a, a good list of shows for you to check out if you want to. Now, those of you who can't make it to those places and want to see some wrestling, either in person or uh, over the internet, uh, FWE will be having their first show of the year and also uh, an iPay-per-view. Uh, coming from the resort, World Casino and Aqueduct Racetrack uh, at uh, 110 uh, Rockaway Boulevard in Jamaica, New York. Wait, is it Jamaica in New York? Uh, Jamaica's the neighborhood. It's in Queens. Okay. Getting confused. Gonna say, you know, is there, is, there a, is there an area of New York called, you know, Democratic Republic of Congo? We'll get, we'll get random, we'll get random countries from the atlas. No, but that would be pretty funny. Manhattan has a district called Tuvalu. <laughs> no, I, I never heard of it. <laughs> it's a country. Okay, <laughs> don't worry. I know all those weird countries like Central African Republic. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, our doors open at 4pm uh, autographs will be going on all the way from 5 till 8 so if you are in the area of the casino and the racetrack uh, don't use your money at the casino just use it on the autographs instead because I'm pretty sure there's going to be some good ones to get there or you could somehow earn it by going to the casino and then use that to buy shit <clears throat> Yeah, but don't get caught counting cards. I gotta say, that's a bit too long for you know the pre-show and everything. That's that's a bit too long. So on the docket for this, uh, we have Tony Neeson Jigsaw, obviously former tag champs, taking on the colony of Fire Ant and Silver Ant. Orange Cassidy will be facing Robbie E. Hmm. That's going to be a clash of styles. <laughs> uh, Brian Myers t- faces Johnny Gagano. Uh, Katarina Lee will be taking on Taylor Hendricks. That would have been a good match in TNA. Never happened. Uh, the Juicy Product, or Hale, will be facing Trent and Bandido Jr. 
Uh, the Adrenaline Express will be taking on the Addiction. And uh, also, Joey Ryan will be facing Tommy Dreamer in a Joey Ryan's Rules match. So uh, there could be a problem there for Tommy. I think Joey might be making rules on the fly. <clears throat> Just got a feeling, considering how he's supposed to be the heel. Speaking of heels, uh, Candice LeRae will be defending her FWA women's belt against Vader Scott. Uh, in an interesting turn of events, Drew Galloway will be defending his ICW world title against Matt Hardy. How many people now that watch Insane Championship Wrestling are now begging that Drew Galloway doesn't drop the belt to Matt Hardy? Um. <laughs> Well, I'm just wondering if, if people that will probably be going to the shows are even aware that exists, which... They should do. I don't know. I, no, I doubt it because when the FWE brought in known talents, you know, like Gargano and JT Dunn, you know, guys like that, they had no clue who they were, which oh. just baffled me. So... They should know what ICW is. The second of the Insane Fight Clubs got put up last week. I would probably doubt they have no clue what it is. Boo! Trust me on that. Boo, boo, boo those fans. Yes, boo, boo those fans. <laughs> General of boo. Um, and in the main event, I guess uh, the Triborough Championship will be on the line. As Paul London defends the belt against reborn Matt Sydal. Jeez, how long has it been since he's had that belt? <laughs> oh my goodness. It's <clears throat> been a very long time since uh, London has even defended the damn title. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. No, I mean a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I know what you mean. I, think, I I vaguely remember him defending it. I think that was the first pay-per-view that they had. I mean, I was, the, like, I was there when he... Nearly 18 months ago, at least. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember when he won the title, like two years ago. Yeah. And I don't think he made an appearance since then. At least that I could think of. He might, I think he's had a couple of appearances. Yeah, I think he did. <clears throat> And then, uh, this Sunday, the most important one, <clears throat> it's National Pro Wrestling Day. From Norristown, Pennsylvania, at the Greater Norristown Power Gymnasium, at 340 Harding Boulevard. Doors opening at 1.30 with a bell time of 2 o'clock. And of course, because it is National Pro Wrestling Day, the event is open to the public, absolutely free of charge. It's just advisable that you make a donation to their charity for the event, which this time is the Saver Foundation, which helps uh, disadvantaged people in uh, Africa, Asia, uh, South America, and I believe they said certain... Uh, American Indians 
regain their sight with uh, you know very simple you know what would be seen by us as simple but is life changing for people there so I think they're trying to make like about $5,000 I believe I'm not sure where they are at the minute as of recording but uh, they're certainly uh, there'll be buckets there obviously collecting and everything uh, also I'm more than likely although they haven't revealed it yet uh, this will probably be streamed online for free as well. I mean, if we're going by the first National Pro Wrestling Day two years ago and uh, last year's one, which was obviously the start of the return of Shikara and everything, I wouldn't, be, you know, it's going to be up for free either on YouTube or through Smart Mark. It'll be there somewhere. And then you can click on the link and donate through there instead. Uh, so far, as of recording, I think... I actually might just quickly check this in case something got added in the last few minutes since we have... Yeah, there before. were uh, two more matches added. Uh, no, they might be the ones that I've already put down. Okay. Right. Uh, so... On the docket so far, we have uh, NRG of Hype Rockwell and Race Jackson taking on the Flying Francis team of Matt Novak and Brandon O'Connor. That's uh, certainly a weird sort of combination there, I would say. Uh, Los Ice Creams will be taking on Team Old Fashioned of Gervais Cottonbelly and Marin Fontaine. I'm guessing that is the uh, oldie wrestling hmm. uh, contribution. Yeah, there. it's it's the the rematch from uh, last year's uh, Chicago show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blaster McMassive will be facing Mr. Touchdown Mark Angelicetti. Uh, Fire Ant takes on Juan Francisco de Coronado. Kimberly will be taking on Jenny Rose. Oh, wait, wait, you gotta say it right. Princess Kimberly. That's what it does say that on the poster. Well, I, I saw you look it. At, you look at that picture. It, you know, they don't they don't goofed. They don't goof. They aren't giving her the proper title. They don't goofed. They don't care about princesses. She's in another castle. I don't know. I'm just going by what the people on the Shikara Pro page did. Who screwed up, probably. I'm just checking now just to make sure that they haven't changed it since. Oh, wait, Amasis is coming on the UK tour, which means the Assyrian port was coming. I am done for. <laughs> yes, yeah. somebody else was, was announced and... So the picture says Kimberly versus Jenny Rose, but it is Princess Kimberly. Yeah. So why'd the picture be wrong? I don't know. Oh, Tigara. And of course, the main, the most important one, this has been announced so far, the smooth sailing, Ashley Remington takes on Drew Gulak. I'm hoping for an upset and a fruit basket. <laughs> 
I am not. I am that tempted to try and because because of my names, try and give a fruit basket to Remington at the show in April. Oh yeah, the um, Mr. Azerbaijan and uh, Prakashavar was added to the UK tour. I might be careful with the fruit basket then. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, also set to be appearing, apparently, uh, are the Block Party, uh, Argus, uh, Ultramantis Black, judging by the poster, probably uh, Desha Hatfield as well, and also it says the Assyrian Portal, but I'm guessing that just means Hella Wicked and Frightmare, because I don't think the Assyrian Portal is a, a thing anymore. Oh, and Eddie Kingston's coming on the UK tour. Cue some people getting very scared. <laughs> this UK tour is getting better and better by the day. As more and more names get added. I'm not annoyed that I can only go to one of the shows, but at least I'm going to it. Yay! Eight weeks. Eight weeks. That's going to be an interesting review. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think, I mean, from from that uh, free show, Sandro, uh, any matches that really stand out for you there? Um, I think the Fire Rant uh, JFC match should be interesting. Should be pretty good. The, uh, I guess, what's being billed as the main event of uh, your namesake against Gulak. That should be interesting to see. And of course, uh, Princess Kimberly and Jenny Rose. That should be that should be a fun. Uh, the the blaster match with uh, Mr. Touchdown. That one, uh, you know, we saw them in tag action, and I think it's singles. It should be very interesting. I'm hoping Bacabella is going to be there. No, oh, knowing that Blaster's there, yeah, of course he's going to be there. I'm also wondering who's going to get the award this year. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it could be Quack. Just because he, you know, revived Chikara last year. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. And they also said that they <clears throat> claimed that there's going to be some sort of surprise that somebody that was not advertised, I guess, might make an appearance. Whatever that means. Hang on, I'm looking through the roster, seeing if that person is available. Well, no, they're they're talking about somebody that's not a regular for Chikara. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Chris Hero's coming back. <laughs> oh, that that would be fun. That uh, would be fun. It would fit. He ain't he ain't listed apparently for any venues that uh, we've got covered. And then he attacks Mike Quackenbush because yes. he banned him. Or <laughs> sure. Oh, there we go. You heard it here last. <laughs> so there we go. That's uh, the preview for this week, and that is your lot from us for this week as well. As I say, next week, next week will be a bit different. I believe we're going to be doing everything a day later. 
mainly because me and Sandro want to watch NXT as well. And also with the fact that uh, nothing is really happening next week. Now, we, we, we we made a mention of it previously. Pretty much the only event that's happening next week of any significance that we're aware of at the minute is New Japan. That's it. Apparently every other major show is having the week off. Or having their show the week after. Yeah, and all the talents have lives, so... <laughs> this is a good reason. So. so, yeah, it will be a bit different. Uh, it won't be up, I think, for the Friday. Uh, we'll be doing it instead... Uh, and trying to get it up like around Saturday time-ish. I think that'll be the aim. I think I'll still try and send the write-up anyway, so if if it can get put up first thing on the Saturday, that'll be all right, but I'm not... I'm not uh, basically avidly trying to get something out right before the weekend because, you know, you might as well have a lazy day of it. This will be the perfect Valentine's Day present for people who like wrestling and don't like Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm going to keep getting on that, damn it. <laughs> oh no, you could be watching Kingsman instead. Watch that. Much better. Even the scene with the weird bit at the end with the bare ass. But I'll get, you know, you watch that and have fun. I don't know. Right. Uh, that being said, uh, that's all from us for this week. Uh, check out all the other shows here on my network. Uh, Unplugged, Unplug CT, Running the Ropes, uh, Get in the Zone, Sticks and Flicks, uh, Elite Force Podcast, Beyond the Bell. I think that's everybody covered. Sunday Night Showdown coming up possibly uh, in a few weeks for Fastlane. I'm not sure what's going on with that. After the Rumble coverage, who knows? Uh, Sandra, how can people get in touch with us? Find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the holding the show. Find us on Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast. Follow myself, uh, Sandro, TWIS, S-A-N-D-R-O-T-W-I-S. Follow Ashley over at Ash is my name, UK. Uh, you can send us emails to holeindy at snsradionetwork.com. That's indie with a Y, I N D Y. Uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Search for the Whole Indie Show and find all the archives and RSS feeds over at snsradionetwork.com. So, yes, uh, really interesting week with several news that just occurred and, uh, We'll see what happens for this weekend with the show's upcoming. And uh, next week should be a bit slow, but I think we'll be having some discussion of what had occurred for New Japan and uh, NXT. And possibly as well, um, depending what happens with it, National Pro Wrestling Day. We'll see what happens, but I don't see anything yeah. big happening. But we'll see. Well, no, we can give a review for the show. Considering it's free and we can watch it. Oh, it'll be good. <sighs> well, we're fearing. Hopefully they put the stream up for free. Excuse me. Yes. Just a reminder, 
you know, don't don't leave us hanging, guys. Give us an. Ho- hopefully, there's something in the event center where they actually say it'll be up. It'll be up free on YouTube or something. Yeah, they'll probably know. announce something on Friday. Right, uh, song of the night. Uh, going a little old school again uh, because it ties into uh, a Wes Anderson film. Because I'm looking forward to hopefully that uh, the new Wes Anderson film winning awards this weekend. And also possibly as a dedication to uh, Princess Kimberly, David Bowie with Queen Bitch. Because everything's just all hunky-dory. This was Ashley. That was Sandro. That's been your weekly slice of indie goodness. Have a good week, everybody.
I'm so wrong.